And so I am starting our for our next front porch talk today because this one's all about uh, some insights Amy has and some uh, ways of naming something that's very important. But and wait, where are we? we well, we're start. on our front porch. And <laughs> it's uh, warmed up a little bit. It's January, but it's uh, this week warmed up and it's kind of windy, so you'll probably hear a lot of wind and birds in the background. Yeah. Our it's microphone is like. not, we do have a little podcast microphone, but it's not super sophisticated, so we're going to catch the wind here. And it's got the long Texas wind. Oh and, my gosh. Because in Texas, the sky is long, and the wind is long. And yeah. so you, you hear the wind, you can feel the distance when you when it, when it's, uh, the wind is here. You can feel Kansas, you can feel the prairies. Oh yeah. I always feel the winds come from a long distance here. I don't feel that in North Carolina, I don't feel that on the East Coast, but I definitely feel it here. Yeah, today has one of those, I was going to tell you, so you guys are catching us as we're already having a conversation, and we're turning this on, so it's not, uh, we're not kind of all together, but we do have a subject we're talking about, but today is one of those days where, I don't know how to describe it to people that are from here will know it, but it's winter, and it's been very cold here, and not nearly as cold as some other parts of the U.S., it got, it went down below freezing, but today's kind of got this weird warm wet undertone when we woke up this morning all the birds were singing it's that kind of thing that happens mm -hmm. in early spring here mm -hmm. and that comes in and out all winter long that mm -hmm. kind of mm -hmm. feeling and it's a little overcast <clears throat> it's kind of like i feel like austin and texas always kind of wants to break out into it definitely defaults towards that yeah uh, and, and it, it defaults it's towards like a, summer it's, it's like a warm undertone to everything yeah and everything leaned towards summer i mean that's the default <laughs> setting is summer but it's got this uh, when it's like this it's pleasant because it's not wispy but it's got this long hollowing yeah that's kind it. of uh yeah. it, and it carries memory as well and and years and mm -hmm. times and generations and i really like it i like that in the sky every time i come back here i'm just the sky is endless here yeah. I slowly see why they went to the moon from here because it's like the sky is like the main character. You're swimming in the sky here. Yeah. And uh, and I like that. It's kind of got a fathery spirituality here. But anyways, uh, today's topic's interesting because you were reminding me of one of your dreams, which is often where you start to get revelation about who God is. Um, but this particular one was around kind of glory and beauty and how God sees people. So maybe you would start with just like sharing a little bit of that dream. And then some of your thoughts yeah. that were kind of spilling out from it axially. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I've, I've had like three or four really, really powerful dreams in my life that kind of went over my head at the time that I've had them. And what I like about really life-impacting dreams are that they, they continue to um, yield. yield and give to you over your life. So... This different is, angles of the dream. This is just to say to chapters. people, if you've ever had a really profound dream or a very spiritual dream, mm. and um, I've tried to get better. We both have at dream interpretation. And writing them down, um, but, considering them and praying over them. But there are some dreams that I think don't, and some of my favorite teachers say this, they aren't meant to yield understanding right away. No, it's like time-release capsules. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and some of them, um, some dreams are just impartational. Sorry, I'm going into teacher mode about this, but some dreams just impart things, and mm -hmm. and and you know, it's not necessarily about this kind of long wisdom. It's just about putting something in you that you know. You'll have like you a sudden know. integration that'll happen. Like some of my most powerful ones, it's like I actually got integrated in the dream. Yeah, there'd be too. different rooms in my house. Me yeah, too. Be in a house, my house, whatever, in the heavens, and 
uh, suddenly these two parts would meet. All the theater part is meeting, the business part is meeting the because yeah. we're one. And so, but I, it'll happen in the dream. I'll yeah. wake up being like, I just he just integrated something in me. Yeah. And uh, and I cool. I've, I've had two dreams where I felt like <clears throat> where someone touched me, mm -hmm. and I felt like I was healed from something. Yeah, and you've had visitations from your grandfather and all. Yeah, um, yeah, that's kind of deep, but. Um, but this particular where dream, where, yeah, and so uh, th they can be really powerful. But, but this yeah. particular dream, which is really a lot of some of some of your, where some of your theology of beauty came from, yeah. it sounds like. It um, was, um, yeah, special. it was. It was really brief. It felt like a vision. Um, it was, you know, sometimes you have. Uh, some of you might experience like right when you're falling asleep there's kind of an in-between space between wake and sleep. A liminal space, yeah. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite kind of prophet teachers says, you know, those are actually types of visions mm -hmm. people have. Mm -hmm. But it was really, it was like a dream because I wasn't totally aware. It felt, I, yeah, I, I still, see, even talking about it, when was this, 1999, yeah. 2000? But every so, time you talk about 18 it, years I can ago. kind of see it myself. Yeah, so. yeah, but... It was really short, or feel felt short. Dreams you never know time, um, but I was just in awe. And at that time of my life, I was really meditating on a couple of things. Um, one was the Song of Solomon, mm -hmm. and the other one was about. That's when I met you. Yeah, mm -hmm. and the other one was about. Um, yeah, beauty and glory, and and the beauty and glory of of me. Mm -hmm. Of I, I was really wanting to see how I was convinced like you can see how God sees you mm -hmm. and <clears throat> I can see myself in the future mm -hmm. too mm -hmm. I, I want to be able to see myself and at that time honestly I was really struggling with a lot of hurt and self judgment mm -hmm. stuff and just feeling like I really needed a something deep yeah like a, a feeling of how he sees me so I was meditating on that a lot like what beauty is mm. and that was when I read oh I read so many books I read The Weight of Glory by right. C.S. Lewis which is awesome it is those, those essays I highly recommend that book yeah there's um, some nice keyholes into oh, reality yeah. there um I read um Oh gosh, there were so many that were kind of directly and indirectly about glory. Some were like, when you hear the word glory, that's what we were talking about. You 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 think of a lot of different things, but you know, I read some kind of Christian charismatic books about glory, mm -hmm. Ruth Ward Heffern, glory, mm -hmm. the glory mm -hmm. kind of thing, and I and and then I read some very non-religious books about it. Yeah. So, a lot of writers have written about the nature of shimmer almost presence and glory mm -hmm. and even at that time I did a poetry reading I was in grad school when I had this dream I did a poetry reading at a university and it was my for kind of my first time speaking like public speaking uh -huh. um, well I'd done readings before that those were it's so hard wow it's like anybody that does performances or a musician it's like your first time stepping on stage mm -hmm. But it was like 500 undergrad students that I was reading in front of, and I was very, very nervous. And I wanted to read from the collection that I was writing at the time. So um, the moon incidents or whatever. Yeah, one. a lot of those went into that. Uh -huh. So I actually put great, out a, a great little book of poetry, a, a book, 
after school that had a lot of those. But um, yeah, so while I was reading, I was really, it was very funny because I was like, I was so nervous I couldn't even look at people. I'm much mm -hmm. better at that. I couldn't even look at people. Mm -hmm. So the whole time I was reading, I was reading my words and talking to him in my spirit. Mm. And I was just like... That's, that's what good public speech is. <laughs> You're basically it was like I was in this little bubble the whole time and I could feel it. Vertical and lateral simultaneously. I could feel it. And, I, <clears throat> and afterwards, one of, my, one of the, the fellas that was in my grad program with me, who um, was kind of the only other sort of spiritual guy or, mm -hmm. you know, what I mean spiritual, like seeker, interested in mm -hmm. spiritual path. Yeah. Um, he came up to me and he's like, you know, <clears throat> you have this incredible aura and the whole time you were reading, it just kept, mm -hmm. and, and, <laughs> yeah, and he kept, you know, just kept getting bigger and bigger and he was describing all the colors that mm -hmm. were in it. And I th thought it was really funny because if, if you're someone who's into auras, um, <laughs> I had never heard that before, and I was just kind of like, really, you know? But this idea of even when we were just talking about, like, even on the Transfiguration Mountain or whatever, when suddenly more of the dimensions of his glory shows up and we can barely deal with it and we want to build tabernacles and stuff, it's almost like it's always there. I mean, he chose, again, yeah. to come in this very humble form and was not noticeable, so mm -hmm. he was, like, uh, less a Saul, you know, more mm -hmm. of a... David, um, but he came in this way, but then when he does reveal his glory and his resurrected form and everything, people are just like falling to the ground and freaking. So it's interesting, in some sense yeah. you're saying he doesn't really want us to worship glory, but it certainly is a way yeah, so let me get to back see to, ourselves. Let me get back to the dream. So this was kind of, anyway, this is all the backstory. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that dream. Get yeah, I was, dream. I, was, <laughs> I was really thinking about all this stuff. But yeah, in the dream, um, I saw this figure, it was God, I knew it was God, coming, I mean, the only thing I can say, some of it's so hard to name, coming out of heaven, coming out of uh, a space, and he was coming to earth, and he had, I mean, I couldn't see a face mm -hmm. in the dream. So that, that became whole thing. Seeing faces, seeing hands, seeing things like mm -hmm. that. Which if if you read scriptures, if you read any kind of spiritual tradition, there is something remarkable about mm -hmm. when you see faces. Or an arm, like in yeah. Isaiah's case. If it's a spiritual Who being, has seen the arm of the Lord? Who has seen the face of God? <laughs> yes. yeah, anyway. So a figure and a presence wearing a, a, a robe. So it was, cool. It was a king's robe. And it had a large, I always know, de noticed details in clothing and dreams. And it was very large, like, robe collar, mm. which is like a robe collar. It's like rolled. And, mm. and um, but the collar itself of the robe had dimensions. I, I can't even describe it. so cool. What a cool way to I can't even describe it. It had these dimensions to it. And it was just, like, embroidered with these, um, like, diamonds and gemstones and it was like bejeweled uh stones and and like objects wow. that were just colors i've never seen i it was like indescribable i couldn't tell the colors wow. and I, I i couldn't even see how far the dimensions went wow. but they were so um colorful and light filled and like reflecting not just you know it was on his collar but it was like reflecting out all around mm. him 
And so in the dream, I was very curious, and I wanted to get closer to inspect mm -hmm. the gems. Of course you would. Of course. And, uh, what exactly is this one gem on the left corner as of the... I got, as I got closer... As I got closer to the to them, it's just I don't know. I can't remember this far back, but um, either I heard this or I knew it. Mm. You know, sometimes that happens. Um, sometimes you just know things. Yeah. Yeah, that the the stones and the gems. Well, first thing I heard was that they were the nations. Wow. And then the nations, and then the people. 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 Wow. And each one was there were like some that ref reflected nations mm. and there were some that not just reflect they were nations and there were some wow. that were people what an image that he's wearing people yeah and, and so people. my very first thought in the in when i recognized that was that oh my gosh your beauty your glory is people you're mm. wearing people wow um and there's something that actually kind of confirms that in the book of revelation mm -hmm. but coming down out of heaven wearing mm -hmm. the glory of something and um and that he would wear us because we talk about being you know wearing christ like paul's always talking about being clothed with christ yeah but the idea of him being clothed with us is yeah. also quite like powerful it was remarkable yeah mm. and it was just like overwhelming um because it was so beautiful but it was also just almost blinding mm -hmm. and it's like so it's this thing about glory. I don't know. There's so many ways to talk about it, but I mean, one, I, yes, it's remarkable that his glory is not just something that's intrinsic to him, but it's also something that he wears. Mm. Um, it, it's something that reflects him. It's something mm. that shines him, shines mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when we talk about glory, we use a lot of fuzzy words. They're mm -hmm. hard to describe. Like mm -hmm. we were saying, like, what's majesty? Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe maybe in our language, it's majesty or power. Sometimes people use power. Mm -hmm. Or in non-Christian terms, it's mm -hmm. aura. Or it's... Uh, the beauty of God. The beauty, yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't think the glory is the essential personality or character. Because you made that good distinction between his character and his glory so mm -hmm. that when he when he wants to reveal his character he goes to the cross as a humble nazarene yeah but when he was revealing his glory it's like that kingship stuff flying off the throne and it's all these images of uh shiny i mean shiny things really uh his presence is always associated with this shimmering yeah and it has power in it yeah and you can call it his power yeah but or you could call it his presence yeah um so i mean you know you, you when see it in the old testament a lot one of the things about about Jesus, you know, if we we see who he was mm -hmm. and why, you know, he had nothing that drew people to him. So it was like God. And yet he was the exact representation of the Godhead. He was the exact representation of God, but without that. Uh, he didn't overwhelm in earthly, people. In an earthly sense, without that visible glory. So in some sense, he was the approachable Mount Sinai, mm -hmm. uh, Jesus. He was right. like the approachable mountain. Right. Uh, and he made himself uh, enveloped in approachability. Mm -hmm. And that's a really strange thing, knowing that he does have, because he did show his glory to, say, Peter and John and James. But he did occasionally show his glory, and it freaked everyone out. Yeah. But... It's an interesting revelation there yeah. uh, of how God's choosing to re represent himself or symbolize himself on earth. Well, we, you know, we've talked a lot about, well, I think the mistake that 
every human makes is we tend to worship mm. the glory. It's a big problem. Um, in entertainment, that happens. Yeah, and in entertainment, <clears throat> like stardom, celebrity. I mean, these are, you know, uh, we have so many friends that are amazing artists and musicians mm -hmm. and actors. And, you know, Los Angeles is a, mm -hmm. a, a city that, ref you know, that's one of the things. There are places in the world that are meant to reflect his glory. Mm -hmm. Los Angeles is a place that's meant to reflect his mm -hmm. glory. So it has natural stardust. Uh -huh. But... It, but people worship the glory there like yeah. hardcore, you know. Yeah, and there's a worship of of others' gifts. Uh, yeah. So whereas it's like you may not you may not be uh, you may not even see their character. So right. when you see their character, you're kind of surprised if a Bono is working for whatever poverty and stuff. You're like, what? Oh, he has a character in there somewhere. Uh, it's not just the shimmer. Yeah. But I think people tend to worship the, the even the glory of one another. Right. And, and there's a danger in that, obviously. Well. The glory is beautiful. Mm -hmm. It is glorious. It's mm -hmm. attractive. Mm -hmm. It's 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 magnetic. Mm -hmm. He does not use it, you know. Yeah, look at he, the way he, he, does he doesn't manipulate it. It when people uh, when you see descriptions of it in scripture, if anything, people thought they were going to die. Exactly. You know, they were, it's they like were afraid. They woe the is terror. me! I'm a man of unclean lips, and I'm you know. So they use the word terror. Yeah. Even Daniel because when he sees it was the glory. so like you know atomic. Yeah. You remember when Daniel encounters Gabriel? I think it is. He was he, he bows down, and there's a couple yeah, times so in people scripture bow to the glory. they want to worship, wow. and yeah. the angel will be like, "Get up! I'm a servant of God too. Don't yeah. worship me." Yeah. Like you know, and then even Paul later says, you know, to the Athenians or whoever, they were worshiping him, or the guys in the island, I think they were worshiping him. Oh, yeah. And he was like, do not worship me. I am. I am not God. No. You know, so like, but they saw his glory because he was moving in power. Yeah. And so they started seeing God's glory through him and reflected through him, and they started worshiping him. Yeah. And they wanted to build, you know, things to him. And Paul's like, no, I'm not God. This is, I'm talking about Jesus is God. And he kind yeah. of distinguishes for them. And then that, I think that's why Paul goes in low all the time too. Is like he doesn't want people to worship his mind and his great intelligence and all this. Like I made myself nothing. I'm, I don't want to be wise in the worldly terms. I want to be a fool for Christ. He says, you know, uh, so people mm. will stumble over the right stone. But it's interesting. At the same time, God obviously has gl serious glory, mm -hmm. like radiant. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can see it in the dawn. You can see it in what He's created. And I think we experience elements of it every day. Mm -hmm. And I, um, going back to my yes. original thought too, um, you know, we are part of that glory. Yes. So there's a purpose in it. When he, in that dream I had, mm. oh, I get so emotional thinking about it. You know, he's coming when he comes in his glory. Yes. I do think there's a moment in <coughs> history where yeah. Jesus Christ, I believe this, mm -hmm. where, you know, Jesus Christ is going to manifest in this earthly mm -hmm. <laughs> time space. Time space in that glory. Mm -hmm. I do I do feel that and so he comes down wearing that authority which is his robe mm. that um but that beauty, mm -hmm. that beauty and um you know, gosh, even you hear the, the descriptions in Revelation of Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. um, the New Jerusalem it's or bejeweled. Jerusalem. The gates are built with like, jewels. It's ridiculous. Even in that yeah. image, the gates are made so out of Asper and Agatha. All these, uh, they're made out of stones. Right. And so The image we, of the New Jerusalem. 
<clears throat> if we ourselves are part of his glory and mm -hmm. we are beautiful and we have that so we also carry around his reflectivity mm -hmm. as created creatures mm -hmm. in likeness of God mm -hmm. we carry we're um yeah I just I don't the even think it's, I don't even think it's spiritual I think it's actually physics well you know <laughs> I think it's physics that we do you, you were know? talking about those different visions you've had and I had one that I was uh, covered in disco uh you know like a disco ball but it was like my suit was made out of disco yeah ball my whole suit my body suit it was oh. quite dapper actually but he was like I know who you are inside of this and I choose when to reflect off of your suit but oftentimes I'll feel him reflecting off that even uh, when I feel say I have a cold or something and I feel very like a not shiny so often those will be moments where he'll put the light on it he'll put the spotlight on it and it will be radiant in the place like it makes everyone alive yeah. and I'll be like that's so interesting that there's a for me it was an image of his glory reflecting off me uh, versus like what's going on inside of me. And then I had that dream with Bono, same thing. He was standing on stage to millions of people and he looked like a rock star in the front, but he was very bruised behind in the back. He was crying and he was weeping for the people. Mm -hmm. He was actually weeping and interceding and he was bruised, like was that contrite heart thing. Mm -hmm. In scripture it means a bruised heart. He was actually bruised for them. He was scarred for them. And yet the front just looked like Rock star, rock star, everyone was you know, getting into the elevation. Yeah. And I thought, wow, what an interesting disparity with, you know, for the stars of the universe, as Paul says. Yeah. Like, to be able to shine, but also have your insides uh, in, a, in, a, in a place of humility before yeah. God, it's almost the way to manifest the glory. So the glory is, in some sense, glory is meant to magnetize. Yes towards him yes but not in a manipulative way yes and even us as as humans uh and we carry that reflectivity and there are times that it's dull and times mm -hmm. that it's but it's intended mm -hmm. to actually ultimately it's intended to adorn him yes yes and, and Paul uses that same image of each of us has our own uh, radiation, he says, but it's yeah. not radiation. The word he uses is like constellations. Yeah. Some are bright, some are less bright, some are more intense, some are more, you know, he kind of is using that image of, you know, the stars and stuff. Right. But he does that a couple of times and he's sort of like, we're meant to be aligned with him mm. so that we reflect our particular radiance and can move in the constellations. That's another image of the body of Christ, the, yeah. the mystical body. But it's quite fascinating. The other thing about what you were saying, and I was going to take it back to that, you had one time also talked to me about making people's heavenly garments for them while they're on earth, or something that represented those yeah. things. Yeah. And I always thought that's such a beautiful project in some ways, because mm -hmm. even with what you're doing now with making bras and stuff, you're helping people wear their own glory. Yeah. I see that. It's part of the ministry of what you carry. It's Yes, it makes women feel more beautiful, but also... Some, in some ways is putting on their heavenly garments uh, onto their bodies here on earth so we can yeah. practice yeah. Mm. being in our contours. Uh, and I think there's something interesting, I don't know if you wanted to talk about that, but the idea of how we download that while we're on earth. Yeah. Uh, so that, you know, of course it's going to help us integrate. You were talking about integration earlier. It helps us integrate when we wear the right suit. Like Vim Vendor said, when he put on that guy's suit and he felt like himself. Yeah. It helps us integrate when our outer expression is connected to our inner being. Yeah, yeah. And so there's something with integration in it as well. 
uh, when we experience our own glory. Well, there's something instinctual. You see it in every culture I have. Mm -hmm. You see it in every culture. It's not just a new piece of clothing. It's something that um, makes you feel like you. Mm -hmm. And I love that Ben Bender's movie. Mm -hmm. um, maybe we can link to that at the it's end. Fashion Cities and Notes, that I like think it's art called. art documentaries, yeah. It's about a Japanese uh, guy who uh, yeah. became a soup maker after the war. Yeah. Um... There's something about it. It's not just a signal. Uh, I've read so many books about, like, the cultural significance of clothing mm -hmm. and things like that. It's more of a clothing symbol. Clothing isn't just a signal, and it isn't, you know, it's, there's something in it spiritually for us, and... Well, you know how Paul Tillich distinguishes between sign and symbol? So a sign mm -hmm. is a, something that points towards, but a symbol is something that causes you to participate in the reality to which it points. So it's more like metaphor versus simile. Yeah. Like this is like that, but Jesus sometimes will say, no, this is that. Yeah. Uh, and so like in some sense, there's a you know, symbol Because I, I don't think level that in our, in our present reality, in our present, um, that it's always the what we know about ourselves on the inside or what we truly are on the inside mm -hmm. is 100% visible. Mm -hmm. And there's always a bit of attention there mm -hmm. um, for good reason mm -hmm. you know we it's just like when you're making art you can never make the thing you see fully oh yeah mm -hmm. the, so now we're talking about artist frustrations but mm -hmm. um it must yeah. be his frustration too though oh yeah well that like? was the great thing about the dream is he is going to complete his art like his That's right. you know yeah. and he is going to the other thing and we are his poesia the, the other mm -hmm. cool thing is that I also felt like in that dream that every single diamond, every single gem, every single stone mm. was exactly what it had always wanted to be. Oh, yeah. And so it was sort of every nation, every person yeah. was so fulfilled inside of themselves for being that particular, you know, yes. gemstone, which I think is connected to that kind of white stone Mm -hmm. um, teaching in Revelation, but mm -hmm. it's like there was no more, you know, there's no competition. Yes. There's no, no coveting. No coveting someone else's glory. There's mm -hmm. no like, the na you know, the nations, when they're healed too, there's a thing where they're just so. Uh, Radiantly themselves. The French are excited to be French, and yes. the Russians are excited to be Russian, mm -hmm. and then Korea is, a, you know, mm -hmm. and it's like, I am this in him, on him, mm -hmm. and it's complete. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's so uh, one and yet dynamic. Yes. And beautiful. Yes. I just, I don't have words for that dream. It was so beautiful. And to me, it was like when we were talking to our Korean friend the other night, and I was saying, well, what would your nation look like uninterrupted? What would the mm. redeemed version look like? And that's like almost looking at what's the gym? Like, what's it look like where he can just reflect into himself through this gym? Yeah. And are you a green stone like Scotland, sort of this green deep cave stone? And like, mm. you know, every place is a different uh, type of stone. But that thing of his pleasure in pronouncing himself yeah. uh, through the uniqueness of the contours of your yourself and then your collective people's group yeah. uh, and his pleasure in reflecting his own glory and refracting the many facets of his face this is part of it, you were mentioning that like even in your own integration you were talking about how you'd like all the facets of Amy t to come together yeah that's where this started all the different uh, particular facets like in a diamond or something where they all come into one stone Yeah. and that is the white stone right it's not just white but it's 
there yeah. is something with that. So the the whole the facets of yourself as well. Yeah. <clears throat> Integrating. In, we could, into we one could talk stone. about that in another um, mm-hmm. podcast because it would be fun for us. That's where we start talking about things that that we really really love, yeah. which is about helping creative people integrate. integrate yeah. um, because one of the things that you know I'm currently trying to balance in my life is I've sort of for the last couple of years explored starting this business. And I'm working within systems that I'm really, I'm really unfamiliar with them. And I also find some of them incredibly annoying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they are, are interrupted. Interrupted, yeah. yeah. Like a lot of things in the business world are just annoying to me. Mm-hmm. And, um, but there's, there's a creativity in it that I would like to express mm-hmm. and learn. Mm-hmm. And a freedom that I want mm-hmm. in it too, where I'm not like beholden to a couple of things. Mm-hmm. Like one being uh yeah, money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a big one because uh, I or the uh, worship of money. Yeah. The worship of money. Appearance. The worship of money and appearance and success mm-hmm. is really huge in mm-hmm. the world that I work in. Mm-hmm. Success. So that's another that's another aspect of glory. So the things that we worship are things that look successful. Mm-hmm. Because even when he comes when he comes wearing that robe, well, he is going to look successful, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But it's just like we worship success. We Well, in this culture we do. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. Like, success is happiness. And the appearance of success, which is materialism. Uh, but the, uh, the appearance, the appearance, it's appearance not, of it's not it. even that you have that much money. It's that you appear that you have so much money. Oh, it's just in our daily language, you know? Yeah. And, um, and it's, it's quite a misuse of glory, right? It's it's uh, well, it's a worship of that we worship it in mm-hmm. this culture. We worship mm-hmm. success, mm-hmm. and it's very hard to get around sometimes. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's because it's like the the weaker things are despised in that mm-hmm. or ignored. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we have a strong social justice thing, mm-hmm. but we do, we we don't. Don't you think this way is he he addressed the rich man a lot in his parables? Oh but yeah. The rich man wasn't just the one with money; it was the one that was like you said to the the teachers of the law the one that worried about how the outside of the cup looked yes without the inside of the cup yeah. which is ourselves too right and they were so worried to get the the important seat at the opera and the synagogue and they wanted to appear righteous and he, yeah, and he so condemned them for, that's a for, great way of putting it because the outside of god's cup is is like like mm-hmm blows us all away. Yes. It could blow up the earth in a second mm-hmm. if we, if we just actually the saw of just cup. the outside of his mm-hmm. cup. But, yes, the inside of his cup is something else, and that's who we're that's who we're trying to know. And Matthew 23, he really goes and off on that. And become like... And Matthew 23, he goes, off, he goes off on that. I challenge that with artists all the time. Like, yeah, your, your outside might look really famous, or it might look really successful. Your brand might be the most shiniest thing in the universe. But... What Jesus taught was, it's the inside of the cup, it's the unseen place, it's a place of prayer, it's a, it's a garden. That's the place that develops. The, it's the uh, place that's getting bruised. Yes, and that's that's the place where he, the hidden place of where we're hidden in him too. Yeah. And uh, the idea of being hidden is an interesting concept when you're talking about glory, because glory is obviously not hidden, but he talks about being hidden in Christ. So he likes us to come into that space. And then he radiates outwards when he wants to. Yeah. Uh, and it's his reputation that we end up shining. Yeah. Uh, rather than our own. So we don't point at ourselves. So King David was very good at this, right? Very radiant man, but um, kept pointing upwards. Yeah. And um, So I would say glory. Gosh, so many ways to define it. A manifestation of his beauty. Mm-hmm. A manifestation of his beauty. Yes. 
and it actually it actually has some like physical qualities too, mm -hmm. which it's tactile. Yeah, it's tactile. It's the place people, of contact. Yeah, it's where he touches um, things, and uh, the, the the lame that got healed felt it, and the lady that grabbed his robe felt it. Oh, She's yeah. like, oh, I want that. I it want has that energy. I felt it go out of me. Yeah. I want that. Whatever it's you're moving power, in. It's power. It's majesty. <clears throat> it's um, mm -hmm. yeah. It's beauty. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. It's all those things. It's and, a manifestation. Yeah. Yeah. Of who he is. And so often after you've been, if you if you pray, like after you've been praying, you'll go somewhere or I'll go somewhere to get some coffee or something and I'll, I'll realize that I'm radiating. Yeah. Because I've been in a secret place and I go and I'm radiating and people are just wanting to touch you and talk to you and it's not just your personality. I happen to have a you know, loud personality. It's not just that. It's usually when I'm quiet. Yeah. And it starts to radiate and I can tell they're not touching me. They're being attracted to some spirit in me. Well, I also think like... Um, heightened experiences tend tend to get uh, into that glory space too. Yeah. Like you know concerts or yeah. Um, uh, you know one of the examples I was thinking of earlier Elevation. is um, I don't know a couple years ago we were talking about musicians and athletes and things that 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 they have in common and it's amazing this is where it goes back to C.S. Lewis the weight of glory mm -hmm. when we see people for who they truly are we would be tempted to bow yeah, you know and uh, but sometimes we get glimpses of that because yeah. there are it's not just achievements it's people who have a remarkable gift mm -hmm. and it's like <coughs> oh we have some artist friends it's just they're remarkable the mm -hmm. gifts they've been given and it kind of I'm in awe of it I'm in genuine awe without without envy at all I'm I'm I wish I could mention them here but um and you know how the world eats that up yeah they, they and I they destroy the we person. were watching a video a couple years ago of all the best um uh, hoop shots that Michael Jordan yeah, did. Yeah, just stuff like that even. And I was watching some of them. And ice I, I, You know, I was in high school when Michael Jordan, American basketball player, was at the top of his game. And it was just like, if you watch this man move, it's mm -hmm. like he's so... Dancing. Well, just as skilled, but it's like, it's incredible mm -hmm. that someone could leap that far off the mm -hmm. ground and control his mm -hmm. body that much. And mm -hmm. it's just, it's, yeah, it's just sports. Mm -hmm. But when I watch him, it's like, what an incredible mm -hmm. gift. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, I'm in awe of it. Mm -hmm. There's a guy that runs in our neighborhood. Mm -hmm. I think he's a, he's a very tall runner. And mm -hmm. it's like, he moves the like a gazelle. Yeah. I mean, and I watch him and it's I'm beautiful. like, wow. That's mm -hmm. that's a part of what's been given to him. Mm -hmm. It's really beautiful. It's like a cheetah. Yeah, and it's not just a, a an acquired thing. Mm -hmm. There's some things that gift. are given to people, and mm -hmm. that's a part of our glory. Mm -hmm. So Michael Jordan's ability to jump, yes, he did it over and over and over again in his life, mm -hmm. but it's a part of his his glory, yeah. God's glory in him. And you see, so, like one of the things that tries to eat that, and this might go to Lucifer or the figure in Scripture that has all this shininess, but, oh, yeah. it, but ends up coveting and being oh, jealous yeah. of Christ and yeah. all this. It's like he goes after musicians and that, this, his, that spirit of wanting to get them caught up in, you know, either materialism or some type of witchcraft or dark things, uh, you know, drug use, abuse, self-abuse, all this stuff. It's almost like there's a jealousy towards the shining. Uh, there's a coveting of the shining. Yeah. And then we get caught up in that coveting of one another's gifts and mm -hmm. we get we start tearing down one another or using one another's gift or wanting to be in proximity to their gift and borrow it and 
be vampiric towards it. And you, you see how the, the dark nature or the sin nature kind of messes with that. Yeah. And then the ultimate version of that in the figure of like Lucifer or Satan, who was obviously something very, very bright. Mm. was a bright type of angel or creation. Yeah. And yet got lost, you know, in, in the inversion of, of his own glory. Yeah. Almost probably worshiping self. Yeah. Like narcissism. Yeah. Um, and so there's an interesting teaching and lesson and warning in that. Yeah. Especially for artists, I talk to them a lot about that. Like, yes, that's great. And I never get wowed usually by people's, even I'm just blown away. I also don't get worshipy towards them. Like even our landlord who just, his pieces are unbelievable. I mean, they're as good as anything I've seen on the earth. And yet, like, I'm not going to worship him because of that. Do you know what I mean? Because that's a God-given gift. And, uh, you know, he's working it out. We do the labor. But, uh, you know, um, it's a it's an inversion to worship the gift, you know. But it's a great topic. And not to go too far out there, but one of the... Fantastic topic. One of the um, coolest things I heard John Paul Jackson talking about once was how um, he felt like Lucifer was decaying, falling, you know started out being surrounded by this light and yeah. in, and he's because he's he's dimming dimming he's mm. fur, moving further and further mm -hmm. away from the presence of God he's decaying and dimming he actually needs and covets the light of God's creation so he <coughs> uses I mean this is why you go back to the beginning of the book the story mm -hmm. it's why would he need an agreement with human beings mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. why I often see that's what entertainment spirit is as when you see people that cut kind of get crushed by celebrityism mm -hmm. or entertainment stuff that's and a big one in that, it's in because world. I feel like he actually uses that glory for himself mm -hmm. he needs he can't get any of he his own of so he feeds off of ours yeah and there's a whole thing down there we can talk to about, you know. Yeah, the glory of humans. Even in the fine arts world, you can see the celebrity culture, mm -hmm. and you can see that they're being eaten by it. It's a right. It's but actually... I think I think the underlying thing for me is that that to me tells me how important our that glory actually is to us, mm -hmm. innate, you know, that we've been given, mm -hmm. and that it can be used. It can be, uh, you know, he's basically wants to to vampire us mm -hmm. and use our glory yeah. but it should say that we have this we've been mm -hmm. given it yeah. and we have a responsibility with it too yeah. you might call it the gift of glory if you see it as a gift then you treat it like a gift you steward it yeah. you you know you, your talents your shiny things yeah. you steward them <clears throat> it's part of your, your your discipleship or formation you know you're stewarding uh, the the amount of glory you've been given yeah. as well um, and so there's something with that um, that seems really. I like this idea of the gift of glory. The gift of the glory. gift of glory. Because uh, it's actually a gift. Yeah. You're radiating. You're reflecting. Yeah. Oh. But great topic. Anyway. Still, anyways. still, I'm I'm going to link to the weight of glory. We have read. It's one of those. There's a series of essays, and there are other good books on glory, but I think yeah. this one's the best. Yeah. There's a series of essays, and there's one in particular called the weight of glory, mm -hmm. and it's. I've read it so many times, mm -hmm. actually. I want to go read it again right now. Because you don't get many teachings on this. You'll no. get a few with, within the Christian tradition on, on aesthetics or what beauty is or whatever. I think but not that's really what C.S. Lewis was trying to do. <clears throat> he was talking about um, aesthetics mm -hmm. and 
and who we actually are. Mm -hmm. and in connection to identity. And in connection to identity. Mm -hmm. and, but the weight of it, mm -hmm. the weight of what that is. Mm -hmm. And it's a wonderful meditation. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. yeah. I have one friend who's been talking about as being conformed to his image. Oh, yeah. And so this is the idea, too, of like, well, we have to deal then with his glory. We have to deal with uh, his light. His light brings understanding, power, all this stuff, like in Genesis. Uh, it brings the ability to delineate differences. Yeah. So when he makes light, he starts delineating the elements. So there's a lot of mysteries in, in glory. Glory. But, uh, I like talking about it because it's a rare th meditation. Yeah. It's a rare thing to really... Um, put your magnifying glass on and see what uh, what burns. Yeah, your... I totally get the feeling while we're talking about it that mm -hmm. it makes him happy. Mm -hmm. It's like there's something about Certain it. Certain topics, like when we start thinking about them, you get it, your heart leaps a little bit. Yeah. And you, and you can feel his heart leap. Yeah. And be like, ooh, I want to talk about this. Let's talk about this. <laughs> talk about my own glory. Yeah. So anyways, a little glory talk from the Front Porch Talks today in January in the middle of winter, which is not considered a glorious season. No. But uh, maybe that's the time when the glory gets developed, you know, I don't know. Yeah, this is kind of normal talk for us. Yeah. But it's a good Sunday morning talk, too. It's a very too. good Sunday morning talk. Mm -hmm. May the dawn and the aurora rise in our hearts, the morning star. Oh, yeah. May the morning star rise in your hearts. Oh, yeah. And this Speak is it. also about his glory. Speak Speaking it. about stars. Uh. What was that star? The, his star that they followed, the wise men, the wise women, the wise people. Where did they That star, that star that was his star, they said. His star. We followed his star. They said that three times. We followed his star. Mm -hmm. so, so Jesus obviously is a star and has a star. Amen. So there's a star for you. So anyways, we'll keep radiating and thinking about these thoughts. Uh, but this is uh, our front porch talk today from January the whatever. What, what are we? The seventh? Fifth? Seventh? I don't know. <laughs> We're so not Roman. Oh my gosh, I'm so Celtic. <laughs> anyways, bless Shell's day and um, shine on. Shine on. <clears throat>